It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. To Jimmy, I always feel sorry for Jimmy when the season's lost and he's yeah. calling these games, and really that's been the case for the last 25 years. Well, I've, I've listened to him about it afar, and I'm like, this poor guy. Think about it. He's the he's, only constant. He's held hostage. He's the only constant. The ownership has changed. How many different this GMs have there been? How many different coaches? Now Doug Deacon has changed. Yes, even point. Doug Deacon's gone. He's the la- he really is. He's the last yeah. one. He's been, he's been there the longest. He has the longest tenure in the Browns organization. And it's hard. I feel he's badly for him. All. And Mary Kay, too. Mary Kay's been on this beat forever. Yep. And, you know, if we get frustrated, and we do, yeah. we turn off the television and we go make valuable use of our time. Yes. He can't. Jimmy can't, Mary Kay can't, mm-hmm. and there's times where I'm like, these poor souls. That, I know. I, I need, I need that's escape why... hatches, and they can't take any. So now just imagine, though, how we feel when different GMs come into town. and we How many regimes have you just seen? So how many did we see even before you got here? Yeah. And then they all come in, though, and we're like all – we all have trauma, obviously. We all have PTSD, and we're just like, is this going to work? This guy's like, of course it's going to work out. I'm just going to put everything in the right position. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get the right coach. I've done this in different towns. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been hired. Right, right. I've done this before. I know what I'm doing, And everybody. we're all laughing. And we we're like, okay. It. And then – Sure enough, it's, you know, in, in within like two years, that guy leaves. He has white hair now. He's aged like a president. <laughs> and and he's what? like, I don't know what happened. And then, because you can't, until you've actually come here and tried to turn this organization around, you cannot understand what it is. I know, soil. we know it. But you know why he wouldn't have aged as much if he had some Bilt Bar? Exactly. Good transition. Starts, starts every morning with a Bilt Bar. That's why yeah. he's been able to sustain his energy throughout 30-plus years of watching Cleveland Browns football. And yep. That's how he's done it. Jimmy Donovan, Jimmy Haslam, Mike Lucas, Jay Crawford. Are we, we accidentally pretending that, uh, that Jim 15. Donovan supports uh, Built Bars? Are we sponsoring it? <laughs> Jimmy's like, hold on. Jim Donovan, Donovan the official spokesman of Built Bars. Yeah, Who's doing the read? Off. Is this Anthony? Because Anthony's in your chair today. I'm just saying, too, a great way to wash a Built Bar down is Cleveland whiskey. I do them both all the time. That's a nice morning pick-me-up. Take some home today. It's called a Cleveland breakfast. Drink responsibly, everybody. Whiskey in a bill. Oh, I thought that was beer in a bill. Uh huh. No, no. that's gonna be my Christmas morning. Beer breakfast. and pierogi. That's yeah. a Bill Bar and a shot of Cleveland whiskey. By it the way, better than that. I oh. think a lot of people missed that play. It's we talked earlier. You know, back I here, think what happened about was I, I I don't know that a lot of people missed it. It's 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 so funny when you lose, all of the negative plays come to light. All of them. There yeah. were a lot of them. And when you win, all of the negative plays get buried. Winning hides the warts. So I think. But they didn't win. No, I know. But yeah. there were so many warts. Yes. That, like there were like the roughing the punter. Right. Yes. The penalties. Why the hell you're bringing in Jacoby Brissett right. to throw a goal, like, a, 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 a corner route in yes, the end if zone? If he would have connected so, on that, and, and would by we the way, be talking about to me at that yes. point the game yeah. was over. No, that was only the second touchdown. I know, but it, it felt was, like it might as well to me. It felt like it was even though it wasn't. It felt like a hundred to nothing. But it was seven nothing at the time, and the Bengals, you know may have scored anyway, but well, they, I thought, I think they were going to score anyway. They were, I think what, that's was part it, of the reason got, or something. No, no six, it was a six yard run. Okay. I think that's I part mean, of the reason why it got buried. Bull yeah. was because it, it was first and goal. Yeah. Yeah. But here's, the thing, though, here's why it really stood out to me. They gave because up the effort. It felt like they quit on that. Play. They did. Mm-hmm. As all yeah. these other plays are, 
I wish we could. I wish we could show it. But that yeah. play. And, and, Do you I'm, want me to reenact it? I don't know that guys were actively <laughs> quitting. I, I'll be Bullis P. Ryan. You're Jadavian. Yeah. Uh-huh. For some reason, they all thought he was down. I don't know if they thought. And, and that happens. I mean, but you that don't was, want to see it happen. But he wasn't close it, to being that, down. That was egregiously bad because you're right, Bull. It didn't look like he ever actually got wrapped up. He yeah. ran into the back of his offensive lineman. Right? The and defense slowed stopped, down. Slowed down. Everyone starts and walking was by. Right it's right behind him. They're not playing through the play and making no. sure that it's yeah. and, and, you know, and there wasn't even a fake whistle. There wasn't like no, on right. second replay like, exactly. oh, I could see how they thought the play. Right. There was nothing. It just I, I want to drill down on what Mary Kay said about the intelligence of the players because Jim, who uh, I, I, I there's not a voice. What did he say exactly? That I, just, I, w- I wish we could play it. Yeah. Um, he was very strong in his – he made about a 30 to 45-second answer about after watching this team to this point in the season, it is clear, it is obvious, they have to make a point to draft smarter players. He talked about how the organization said, you can draft all the fast players you want. Right. You can draft all of this, all of that. But if you don't have smart players, you can't win. It is weird because it seems from watching that – they are missing some football IQ. And, and however, I, I, think, I agree with Jimmy. Right, I, I, agree I don't agree with Mary Kay. But when however, she says it's youth. We're not however, a young defense. Well, no, I don't agree with that either. But I do think Mary Kay's right. I do think part of their analysis is we want smart players. But it seems like they've not gotten that right, at least on defense. It doesn't. Can't, can't you coach stupid though? We've had a lot of stupid players in the NFL who have done very well for I themselves. I don't know if you can in 2022. I think, I think things are so complex. I really? think it's funny that we. We often, and it's a lot of it's G and, and especially Brad, complain that the coaching staff thinks they're too, they're, the coaching staff is too smart and the players are too stupid. Uh-huh. So we're, we're the only <laughs> ones who are just smart enough. But we're, they're the only we ones. We want guys to be smart, but not too smart. Just like us. Be like us. There is a difference, though, and I'll reference basketball. I know it's not exactly apples to apples. You could understand the nuances and what's supposed to happen in a certain basketball play and get mm. in a game situation and it all goes out the wind. Yeah. So they may be drafting guys they believe are technically smart football players and they get in those situations and they can't replicate what is supposed to happen and what their knowledge of the game is situationally. Yeah. And Tyvis breaks down the plays. When you see a tight end, you know, on the line, that changes your formation. All these guys have to communicate back and forth. You could technically get a good Wonderlick score Right. Test well in all those pre-draft interviews. I've had guys tell me the whole Wonderlick, the but notion of one. Like if you're so, a linebacker, and you're and you're reacting to an action, right? It doesn't. I mean, it's, that's it's like, why, like, like st- I, I always go back to Andy Katzenmoyer, and I'm not saying Andy Katzenmoyer wasn't smart. I'm just I, I used to watch Andy Katzenmoyer, and when you talk to Andy, you know he wasn't. He's you saying know, he's stupid. He wasn't going to be. Said. He wasn't going to be confused for someone who was it's, it's intellectual. Book, it's book smart versus uh, but he was the Bosa brothers. But no, yeah. no, and, and that's <laughs> right. okay. Yeah. But uh-huh. on the field, Andy was brilliant. Right. He was. He was just yeah. brilliant. Yeah. I would watch him sometimes from the back end zone. So the defense is coming towards us, or the offense rather is coming towards us, and I would just watch. So I can see two things: Andy and the ball, the quarterback. Yeah. And he was like the center fielder that broke on the ball before the hitter swung on it because he knew he was going to swing late and it was going to go the other way. Right. And that's a thing. That's a real thing that you have intellectually yeah, you as a be, center fielder. Right. You can be book smart, but yeah. not and, street smart. And Andy smart was a great example smart. of that. Andy, I'm sure Andy did fine in school and, and was, was great there, but his IQ on the football field was a billion. He just could feel the flow before it happened. And then his physical attributes were so great. So you can, and, and by the way, there have been players that were Mensa, that yeah. were Rhodes Scholars, 
that were good physical athletes, but when they got in the flow of the game, they just got lost. Mm -hmm. It happens. I've talked to coaches about it. And I'm not sure that I'm not saying these guys as a unit are not intelligent. It was just striking to me how adamant Jimmy was that this un- this organization has to pivot and start drafting smarter players. I-, I wonder if when he said that he more of meant less intelligence and more instincts. Because you see guys Maybe with, he, with I don't great know. football instincts who, like you said, Andy Katz, I, I don't – I've never – actually, I met him at the cha- charity softball Andy game. Andy Katz was a beast. If he, not for a back injury, he probably would have been Dick Butkus-like. And the way you described him, he had the football instinct. that He, he had could, it. He could almost know where the ball was going before a quarterback even knew where he was throwing it. Frank Gore – had a six on the wonder lick. That's terrible. Yeah. Great player. Yeah, sure. And Dumb the, as a bag of hammers. Yeah. Still did fine. And there are no. some certain football exactly instincts right. that can overtake any yeah. There are also guys knowledge. that nailed that wonder yeah. lick. Yeah. And were physical attributes. Right. You know, they, had, they were physical specimens. But they I never care just, about a player's running. Well, I think, I think they even stopped the wonder lick. Oh, only only quarterbacks they, do it now. Okay. Only quarterbacks. Yeah, I knew that everybody, you know, they used to administer it to most of the players. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I, I really trust Jim Donovan. I really do. He spends a lot of time around this team. He knows football. He's, when he sees something, he has a way of dissecting it and translating but, it to the English language as well as anybody that I've ever worked with or worked around. Jimmy how do you apply that? A savant. Do you go, how do you apply that? How does he want the Browns to apply that? Does he want them to test them more rigorously? Does I don't, he think to prioritize that know, because over 40 we speed? I don't know. We didn't drill down yeah. on it with Jim. But and, what, you know, what would you think he would do to try and to try and well, make sure that your players are smarter? Do you, you know? I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just not sure. Yeah, I don't want to shoot for Jimmy. Especially if it's football smarts. Like, yeah. I don't even know how you'd determine that necessarily. Right. Well, there's ways to do it. When, I know that one of the things John Gruden used to love to do is just go into the chalk room. And it became a wildly popular segment at ESPN when he would do his blackboard segments with his quarterbacks. And he would say, yeah. not, not on air, but he would tell people off the air at ESPN, I can usually tell within 15 to 20 minutes what I'm dealing with. Yeah. But yeah. yet when he went back to the Raiders, he drafted horribly. Yeah. He did. Well, well, drafting's different. I, than I don't the, know. The I quarterback guess... was already there when he went back to the Raiders. He didn't draft Carr. Right, but Carr's a pretty good player. I, I know. I, I, what yeah, I, but uh, I, I, what I'm saying is, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put Carr on Gruden as a draft pick. Right. He didn't draft him. Right. And and by the way, I, Carr's from, good. From those, from those, he's an underachiever in my opinion. I think he's got more ability than he's I mean, ever he's scratched. Okay. He's okay. He, I think he can be better. He's got an all-time great. He had a really great right year now. last year, and then this year he's been in the. He did. He's up and down. He's a, yeah. You know what? It's God. he's never won a playoff game. Not one. I know. Hmm. I didn't know. In that. a lot of Baker years, Mayfield has one more playoff win than he does. What? Oh, we're still waiting on the TD. I was just. Oh, okay. Guys. No. Okay. I, um, your volume's awfully low. I don't know if you can turn up or whatever, yeah. but. Um, I don't mind it. I think it's kind of nice. I don't know. I, I, I don't even want to make too big of an issue of it. I'm, not, yeah. I'm certainly not going to say that this is a dumb defense. But the one thing that I will say is from watching them all season long, I've seen them habitually make the same mistake over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I, and listen, that's not a great sign. Uh, but isn't that coaching, too? That, that could, some of it some is, of yes. Some of it's coaching. Some but, of it could be football, IQ. I mean, I, we know Miles Garrett's a smart guy. Anthony Walker's a smart guy. Greg Newsom's a smart guy. Denzel Ward's Joel, a smart guy. Joel Batonio's a smart guy. No, I'm talking just specifically on the defense. Oh, on defense, okay. Joel Batonio. But, like, you talk to people, and I've talked to all those guys, not recently, but since they've been here, and those guys are all smart guys, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have a smart, uh, a high football IQ, right? right. I mean, I yeah, th- there's I think, a difference. And I think instincts, I know I said it before, it plays a big role in it, and I was just thinking they're playing the Ravens this week. Mm-hmm. How many times do you watch a Ravens game and Roquan Smith is meeting the running back in the hole oh. just based on – he sees the formation. He did his film study. 
he almost knows what's coming, and next thing you know, it's a it's and, a one-yard gain. Football IQ. That's a football IQ. Yeah. And yeah. I'm thinking of the well, Browns, at, and there's been a yeah. two or three times this year where JOK has made a play like that. But how often is it three, four yards right. into the second? Dennis Rodman had one of the, the highest basketball cues ever, and a guy dumps a stump. The yeah. reason that I'm not as down as I feel like you are, and a lot of the Browns fan base understandably is right now, is that I kind of saw. I mean, you saw this coming. I didn't think we were going to the playoffs. I didn't think we we're going. To, I didn't think we we're going to the playoffs this year at the beginning of the season. What, what I didn't back, see coming is the defense being this poor. It is, I didn't but, either. I, but what I'm saying is now. I mean, it's. I, I think we're kind of resigned to this. And now I'm kind of looking at it as I'm looking forward to watching how this team comes together in the last few games. Realistically, I, I, I want to see some of these young guys. I want to see him. I yes. want to see Watson get better. Right. I want to. I want build my hope for next year. And I know that that's a lousy thing for people to hear. But at this, I've been resigned to that for a while, and I think that's why but I'm not here, so. Here's what, one of the things out. that I why I'm, I am where I am. I think the NFL, and I think this stands true for just about every single year. You can mm. break it down into three camps. You have six really good teams. Mm -hmm. You have six really bad teams. Mm -hmm. And you have 20 teams that are in the middle. And those teams in the middle forge their own fate by doing one thing. Making the little things happen throughout the course of the season consistently. Yeah. And I know that you're going to get breaks and you're going to lose players to injury. And the Browns have been decimated with some key injuries this year. And that is a check in the bad column for them. Mm -hmm. However, when you go back and you micro all of the losses that the Browns have had, a couple of things in each one yep. of those losses. And the Browns aren't 5-8. and eight, They're easily 8-5, and five, maybe 9-4. and four. And those things could turn around in one year. They can. Now, here's my problem with that. The Browns always, to me, seem to be... Now, for, for decades, they were in that six that you don't want to be in. Yes. Horrible teams. Mm -hmm. But here in the last four years, I think they're firmly entrenched in that middle group of 20. Right. But here's what I've seen consistently through those four years. We are not making plays consistently. We are not doing all the little things. We are not making victories out of defeats. Yes. We are making defeats out of victories. I, yes. And that's a culture I, thing. I, well, I think in 2019, they were doing those things. We did. Uh, excuse me. In, 20, in 2020. But, but you know what? The more I think about haven't. 2020, yeah. the more I, I, I say aberration. Throw it out. It was the COVID year. Everything was upside down. Nobody was coming into the facility. What I think we proved in 2020 is Stefanski was great at managing a crisis because he's super smart and super organized. And he was able to better manage the COVID, you know, right. maze yeah. than the other teams were. But, Jay, here's but, the but thing. his body of work, Bull, yeah. in the other two seasons that he's been I can't here, disagree with you. Underachieved. However, I, I can't disagree with you. I, I don't know if they've underachieved this year. I guess we'll see what their final Oh, my God. Is. Well, I think they've massively underachieved I, this I, year. If they finish 8-9, which I don't think they I don't will, see them going 3-1. and I, one. They're going to beat the Ravens, the Steelers. I do think they're going to go 3-1. I think they're going to finish 8-9. I, I say it is 2-2. Two two. But, but here's the thing. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team 
every day. How many of those top six teams are consistently in the top six nope. without a without a franchise level quarterback? No, I don't think you can be. Right. I, don't, I don't think you can be. Yeah. Uh, but my point is, if you're going to be in that group of twenty, yeah, you have to find ways to do the little things to turn defeats into wins. And the Browns have consistently found ways to do little things to turn wins into losses. True, but that's why. And again, I'm can't, like I can't believe I'm the positive voice right now. But that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to in these last few games because uh, I think that we saw why they sacrificed the future, our souls, draft picks for this quarterback. I mean, we know why we did this. We think that we are missing that piece that can give you that sort of magic that you're going for. Throughout the season, sometimes it did feel like we were one play, one throw, one little something away. We were. and We were. And I think that now combine that with this quarterback, get him in shape, this one who I think I saw in this last week is capable of those sorts of little magic plays. You saw when he had somebody yeah. dragging on his legs. He made still magic. Completing that. He yeah. did. And you're still seeing him shaking rest off. And I, and I, I can't promise he's going to get there. But you could see those moments of magic that are you cannot get out of Jacoby Brissett or so many other quarterbacks. And, run with it. and so I like I want to see what that magic can do with some experience and knocking. And, and let me give you this: the think about the first seven picks in the NFL draft in 2021. That's just two drafts ago, which means these were the seven worst teams in the league yeah. mm-hmm. two years ago. The first pick, Jacksonville, looks like they're on the upswing. Sure. The second pick, the Jets, clearly on the upswing. The Despite third, the quarterback being terrible in that pick. That's true. The third pick, the Niners, clearly a good team. The fourth pick. Niners the were a good team. That was a draft that pick. Was probably, they probably got that pick from us. Probably got that pick from us. Let's not conflate that. How many of these people got our first draft They had the 12th pick in that draft originally. They, 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 you're right. They you're right. The fourth pick, Atlanta, they still suck. The fifth pick, the Bengals, clearly a good team. Yeah. The sixth pick, Miami, clearly a good team. Yep. And the seventh pick, Detroit. On an upswing. Do you, know yeah. what, do you know what's more common than everything you mentioned? Yeah. I think five of those seven teams have a new head coach. Mm. Kyle Shanahan's the other one. Yeah. Oh, no, Zach Taylor's been there since then. Bill Taylor's the, the one I didn't also, mention. They all have the Jaguars who have Doug Peterson. No, and San Francisco hasn't changed their coach. Exactly. So all those San Francisco and, and, Cincinnati and Cincinnati are the only okay. two of those seven that Dan. I have. Jacksonville, new coach. Jets, new coach. Uh, new York, Jets, Jets, new, Jets coach. new coach. All of the other ones, new coach. Miami, yeah. new coach. Detroit. Yeah. Is this his second or Dan third? Campbell's no, second, he's new. Second okay. year. Campbell. Let's so. bring in Aditi. Our day is going to get better automatically. Hi, Aditi. <laughs> Hi, my friends. How are you doing? You look sad. Yeah, What's that, that was not a very yeah, energetic high, Aditi. What's up? Yeah, you know, it's just like everything is going wrong right now, and I'm not quite sure, sorry, how I'm to sorry. Um, juggle it all. No, but Jay, I'm so happy to see you, and I hope that you are feeling good. I am. Thank you for checking. I appreciated your text. Of course. Uh, you know, some residual uh, head and neck pain, but other than Cha-ching. that, when, you know, Sorry. When I, no, no, <laughs> everybody got so weird. I know, I know. Like I, I literally told the insurance agent when he's, he's called twice to check on me. I'm like, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not litigious at all. This woman did nothing. Of I mean, she, she made a mistake. She ran a stop sign. I get it. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I'm thankful that um, I don't standing um, in one piece. Um, I'm sure I'm going to have some visits to the Cairo and I'm going to be great. Car is going to be replaced. Everybody's fine. So 
I'd be wearing a neck brace, and that lady would be buying me a summer home right now. <laughs> can, I ask, can I ask you guys a favor? Good. I'm really sorry, but there is like a little crisis going on downstairs, and Don't it actually has nothing fire. to do with my children. No, we'll can I just run what downstairs you have. for 30 seconds, and I'll be right back? Go ahead. We're going to look right. at your go, books. Go, go take go. care of it. We're going to look at your books. Hey, <laughs> Anthony, can you zoom in on her books? I'm curious what our No, we're on it. We can't zoom in on a Zoom. Never mind. That's only controlled I've seen in movies that they can say enhance it. I can't do that. We don't have that technology where we're you go We're not currently hunting Jason Bourne. Oh, we're not we CSI. All right. Well, I'd like to see what her books are. I'll bet you they're real smart lady By the books. way, real quick. So I've been watching. There's a, there's a, a, a limited. Oh, it's not bad. Lady back. No, we're just. I love no, that sign. I love Steve's that sign that she around. usually blocks. Oh, good. Look what you're doing. Let's oh, see. What also, he has zoomed in. That's impressive. Steve has more tricks than we know about. Oh, my God. the football book. back there. And we got a signed ball by I don't know who. All right. Enhance. Steve, enhance. <laughs> okay. It's like CSI. Yeah, it's all right. Run it through the purifier. <laughs> yes. All right. I Flip want... to 8K. <clears throat> Wave some UV lights over that. I'm calling in on VMix tomorrow for a very special segment, and I just want to ask, can we not zoom in on anything in the background? Thank and, you. Yeah, and ask yeah, if we can enhance. Well, what were you You're saying? Safe. Sorry. Well. No, that's all fine. I, I'll get to it later. I, I was about it. Uh, well, I was saying there's a TV show that I've been watching. I mentioned it really quick to you, Mike, or maybe I mentioned it at the beginning of the show. I can't remember now. Called Welcome the Chippendales. Yes. Right, which tells oh, the story. Oh, that's a new. It's a Netflix. Is and it? I and I was thinking. About, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll get to it later. Let's bring I, I was her in. She, about that. she wants. To, yeah. Are you I, watching Welcome the Chippendales, Aditi? I'm not watching anything. Like I'm literally. Not, that's your problem. This is this is what's terrible about my career right here is that somehow sports reporting has like evolved into how well you can speak on current pop culture and. I can't. I have that's like right, six Aditi. jobs, two small children, a house yeah. that's falling down on me, and I just have missed every show that anybody's talking about. White Lotus? I don't even know what White Lotus is about, other I than the, the last don't episode spoil it. was really don't long. Spoil it. I got sporting I got three events, jobs, and, that's it. and I'm, you know, yeah. I, got, I got a kid, I got a wife I got to take care of. I, you know, I, Some I, of that time you're playing tennis or. I, I, yeah, I figured yeah. it out. <laughs> You know, get rid of that. I did yoga for the first time in a long time last night. Nice. I'm running. I'm, yeah. Ooh, very good. Well done. I, you know, but it's amazing because it's like you really wonder where the hours of the day go. Yes. And it's just, I feel like I'm spending most of the hours of my day doing dishes and picking up toys. Well, yeah. you're a mom and, and you're in the throes actually, of it. Wait, before we get to the Browns, can yeah. I, since there are four men sitting at the table yeah. and two of them are married. Mike, yeah. are you married? No, I'm not. You are? But oh, he's okay. in a serious right, relationship. The, the mics are single. He's no, the but Mike Lucas is in a uh, Mike Lucas. He, he's not single. Mike Polk is in a no. serious relationship. She asked if I was married. He's not married. No, he's not married, but he's in a serious. All relationship. All right, let's do. Okay, yeah. but this, do you like that we're just so... establishing this now? We're real close. All of us are. <laughs> I knew that. What I know. No, no. Go ahead, Aditi. What's oh your question? Oh my God, are you ruining the surprise bullet? I mean, maybe he's proposing on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I don't know. Eve. I didn't say that. Let's put that out. We do like Stephanie. We would approve. Am I causing trouble? Yeah, no, no, All right, no. okay, here's the question. So our house has been in a state of disarray for 20, 21, 22, for almost four years now, for wow. a good three and a half years, because we started a home renovation project, which went off the rails for multiple reasons that I'm legally prevented from saying. Oh, but wow. in any case, I am, and this will be a shocker to you, about as orderly, neat, clean, OCD of a person there can be. 
Yeah. I married the biggest slob on the planet. And this is why long distance relationships are always dangerous because you only visit on weekends when the slob cleans up and mm -hmm. then you actually move to town and you realize he Trojan wow. horsed you. So my husband, the aforementioned slob, keeps asking me what I want for Christmas. I don't want any more stuff. You want your I don't back. want anything else in my house. All I want is my house to be finished. All I want is for my house to be clean. So I've been staring at exposed drywall in my master bedroom for three years now. Oh my I said goodness. I would like my bedroom done. That's and uh, this created a huge fight in the Wirginis household because apparently saying that I want my backyard cleaned up, that I want the cracked drywall patched up and a bedroom painted is not a gift. But mm. if that's what I want, can it count? It counts as a gift, yes. It I does. think you're 100% in the right, and your husband's got to get with the program already. Awesome. All right, so, Bull, you'll call Matt later, right? If you want because me to. I don't want crap. I don't want stuff. There's no room well, in this house I, for stuff. I just want a clean house. I can appreciate that, Aditi, because, in you know, uh, I'm a very neat person as well, neurotically neat at my house. I am, house. too. Yeah. I, you know, and so I don't like disarray. It makes it, I could, if I was dealing with what you're dealing with for three years plus, I would have probably I, been a, in, in a loony bin by now. I need a little more. This is why it. my jeans don't fit. Poor I bad need, that like, G's not here because I am wearing jeans, G. <laughs> this is why they fight on me because literally, I, and this bull, this is what's so crazy about this. Like when you think better in an orderly space, yeah. Why is that so hard for other people to fathom? I like, okay. why do I need to no, teach it's, that? No, it's important to your mental well-being. A couple things, though. Aditi, first of all, I got a, I got a couple of fair questions here, I think. Why is it taking okay. three years? Is he doing this work himself, or is it contract no. work that's gone awry? It's um, it, it's actually multiple contractors. It, okay. Part of it was covid um, part idea. of it was, I believe the first contractor, I, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this. I don't That's want it to okay. be slanderous, but I'm not saying names. The first contractor was so far behind schedule and we had no idea what sort of other issue was going on in his life because it felt like he was constantly asking for draws and the work wasn't done. Okay. I still believe that that's why I went into premature labor. That was the first contractor. <laughs> wow, that's the impressive. The second contractor, yeah, the second contractor I'm not going to talk about, but basically there's a lot of factual information we'll talk about when we're not on the air sometime. Mm. So is it, so, but, but is it his, how is it your husband's fault? Is he not acting as swiftly as he, should he be provoked, finding new contractors? Should he be learning correct. to do this through Sears so books he, himself? amazing contractor finally to fix everything okay but he decided to send this contractor off to virginia beach to gut and renovate a house that okay. he inherited now from we his found uncle. it all right I, and yeah, I agree. that's where you that have real beef. And that from. contractor yeah. promised he would yeah. be here three times. Didn't, you know, kind of was like, oh, you can't make it. Okay. Oh, you can't make it. Okay. Well, meanwhile, yeah. your wife is losing her mind. Yeah. You yeah. to be here, it, show up and be here. So, Aditi, let's, let's let the young, broke, single person solve this issue for you because I have the exact answer. You have to have Matt challenge the contractor to a duel. 
Your Christmas yeah, present is not what, Matt has to. That's romantic. That's really romantic. That is yeah, the present. Well, the not guns, not pistols, fencing. No, 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 fencing, fencing. and fisticuffs. Just yeah, like fencing and fisticuffs. You know, handle it like yeah, a Mike, you're not wired that way. Unfortunately, oh. no. I, I, I thought your solution was that you were going to drive to Pittsburgh and paint my darn bedroom. Maybe Jay oh, I will. should do it. Jay's good at fixing yeah, things. Yeah, Jay I, does do a DIY segment. Hey, I Jay can do it. I got Jay. No, I got Jay booked. I got Jay booked on a drywall gig this weekend. I've got drywall skills. I've got an awesome set of tools. Sorry, dibs. I, I can have this thing fixed by Christmas Eve. Yeah, he could. But. He, see, here's what you do. I, well, I don't know if you do. I, see, if somebody screws something up in my house, I just hit, I just make the point that, hey, I got 52,000 people that listen to what I have to say on wow, Twitter. Wow, you swing it around like that? Wow. Yeah, I'm just does. swinging it if around? If you screw up. Okay, that's how you well, threaten them? Well, you know what them? that's so funny? So the we had, That we, never ends well. No. Oh, oh, yeah. You I had have the fight in us I, here. I had show, somebody. The Browns need I, more of that. You, I had somebody that was doing waterproofing on my basement. <laughs> they screwed it up initially, okay? I went bananas, and I got 50% off. They fixed the job, and I got 50% because off. Because you said, do I you paid, know who I am I on paid Twitter? I six grand. Into, it's not the, do you know who I am. Okay. It's I would never just say that like, oh, do you know who I am? Right. It's like, I don't even say that. You'll say. It's like, you effed up. I'm going to share that you effed up. I will expose people. who you are. Yes. Okay. All right. I don't just say that like randomly. Hey, give me this for free or, you right. know. I understand. It's like you screwed up something mm-hmm. and I will try to handle it You nicely. want to take accountability. Take accountability. I don't would get never to that do point. That. I don't get to that point unless I'm really angry. Right. Like, I've been pushed. Yeah. I got t- uh, about $8,000 off the job. <laughs> Not and bad. it was done perfectly. Yeah. Aditi, do you agree with those practices? So let's go, Aditi. Uh, you know, you unfortunately, my husband does not allow me to proceed the way I would like. In fact, mm. we dealt Hold, with one fraudulent contractor no, no, no. that no, no, no. KDKA, CBS, the local CBS player wanted to do a story. Time out. Time out. Time out. Yes. Okay. I, I take issue with the first thing you said. Yeah, I'm said. with you, Bull. My husband, uh, you are a strong, professional, independent woman. Yes. Your husband, you don't need his permission for anything. You have agency. For He doesn't allow you. You are the boss of you. Yes. Don't put up with that crap. I agree with Bull. Mm-hmm. When did Preach this turn it, into sister. a therapy session? I thought we were going to talk about Kevin. Are we Stefanski getting you in trouble now? Is this going to be a problem? Yeah, okay. that's that's where that's where Aditi wants to pivot the football, and we shall. Okay. We shall. Aditi. Um, so we were having the conversation with Mary Kay a little bit ago because Jim Donovan brought this point up yesterday. He's pretty emphatic about it. He just said, you know, it, it perhaps is time that the Browns pivot and start drafting smarter players. Um, what's your take on that? Um, I find it difficult to believe that that doesn't go into their evaluation. Um, I, I hate to call it a dumb team because I've been around dumb teams. I don't think that that's really their fatal flaw here. Uh, but I mean, there's something to be said, you know, it, it sort of speaks to when a coach comes in and wants to remake a team and more and more we're hearing about guys who really want coaches who really want certain characteristics, be it how hard nerves they are, be it what their effort is, be it how heady they are, be it how much they love football. You know, Robert Sala said he needs a team of guys where every single one loves football. Uh, My colleague, A.J. Ross, told a great story on the sideline of this past weekend's Bengals-Browns game about Zach Taylor creating a 
clip reel where literally every single player that played for the Bengals against Kansas City had at least one hustle play. And so he put together this reel of every guy making an extraordinary effort. And I think there's a major statement in that. If you, I don't know how many guys ultimately got snaps in that game, but let's say it was 45. If you can find 45 different guys giving major effort in one game, well, that speaks to the type of team he wants, what he wants his team to be. Sure. And again, uh, I'm using Robert Sala because I know that for him, it's really, 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 I need guys that love the game of football, that they're here not for a paycheck. They're here because they just love playing and they love the opportunity that is in front of them. And so, I mean, it's fair to say that Jim Donovan just wants a bunch of guys who are maybe in Andrew Barry's mold, really, really, really smart guys. I just think it's very easy for us to sometimes when a team is playing bad to point to a player not being intelligent or a player not being dumb or, or sorry, not not being dumb, but being not so bright. And that I don't know that that's the root. When I think of all the things that have gone wrong with the Browns, Jay, is that, I mean, is that what you see? Do you look at this team and say this is a dumb team? Well, I do see the same mistakes happening multiple times week, you know, d- deep into the season. And I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily a defining characteristic of this team. I just know that I trust Jim and his view of what's happening so much that, and I, we talk regularly. I'll ask him questions in the newsroom. What do you see here? What do you think here? And I'm just, I, I believe Jim Donovan is a football savant. I really do. I think the way he says I mean, if he says that incredible. and he's at practice, yeah, so he's, and let, let's give him his due. He's at practice, right? I'm not at practice every day. I don't no, know what the true. coaching is. I don't know what the teaching is. Sure. And, and I'll give you a story. I remember talking earlier in the year with a Steelers lineman about John Mitchell. John Mitchell was the first player to integrate Alabama. He was a long, long, long time coach. He's now Mike Tomlin's like chief of staff. But he was a defensive line coach in Pittsburgh for a long time. And I remember when something would go wrong, not even when something would go wrong, but just as habit, just as practice, John Mitchell started every single practice. He expected his defensive lineman out earlier before anybody else. And he started every practice with the basic fundamentals. The things that you do in training camp and then you often forget about because you're so busy implementing a game plan for that week. But John Mitchell never let the crossing of the T's and the dotting of the I's go. Every single week, he was making sure his guys drilled on the fundamentals. And it doesn't happen right now with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you can see what the what the Ravens just did, Ravens, who you were about to see, just did in running all over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think sometimes it has to do with the coaching and the development of the players as much as it does with the player themselves. I mean, this is why coaches make money too. The only thing I'd say there is that if Jim Donovan, who is at practice regularly, is saying, no, these guys are indeed being taught, they're indeed being told the same thing, they're being told the same thing in different ways, and none of it is sticking, well, then I surely defer to him. If that's what it is, and that's what it is. And I think that you guys are right in that this year certainly is highlighting certain things that the Browns are missing or needing, and a lot of it doesn't have to do with basic talent but with something else with that other piece that you're referencing that intangible yeah that's why i think there's validity in what jim is saying when we assessed this team in august we looked at the talent we looked at the individual pieces and parts 
and for some reason, the sum of those parts hasn't added up to what we thought yeah. they would. And mm-hmm. again, it may not be necessarily stupid, but maybe they don't have high no, football No, stupid's IQ. a harsh yeah. word. I, right, Jimmy, right. Jimmy never said that. Jim, Jimmy didn't even really speak to what was going on with these players. His point was, his overall point was, this organi- you, he said you can draft fast players. You can draft players that can do this and that you can do that. But this organization needs to look at drafting smarter players. Yeah. And for Jimmy to say that, Jimmy is fairly reserved in his criticism. I think Jimmy is as fair as a play-by-play gets. What I love about Jimmy is that when he sees something that's wrong, he's not going to sugarcoat it because his check is coming from the team. He, more than anyone that I have seen, I think Michael Kay does a really good job of this with the Yankees. He'll be critical of the Yankees if he needs to be. And I think Jimmy is the voice of the fan. When he's in that box, he if, if he sees a pile of crap, he's going to say it. Yeah. And so he's got a little Jim, Joe Tate in him. Remember, he, he remember does. You ever listen to Joe Tate? I remember, love Joe Tate. Joe Tate, Joe Tate was, was my favorite play-by-play guy. Play-by-play guy. He did everything in Cleveland at Yes, one he point. did. You're right. He did Indians, Browns, and Cavs. But towards the end, he was just, just doing the, the Cavs, Cavs. And he had gotten so surly at that point. He didn't and I care. I loved him. He didn't. He, was, he did not care. Yeah. He would call it what it was. And Jimmy has that cachet with this organization. Right. Jimmy is, in my view, absolutely untouchable. He has that job for life. Yeah, he's not going to get fired. And he can yeah. say whatever he wants. And the organization, I hope, would know better than to ever even tell him, Jimmy, tone it down. Yeah. Jimmy's tone is perfect. He's pro- yeah, he's the and one unfireable person. And when he says something person. like this, to me, it always moves my meter. He he convinces me of things all the time. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he has said that, you know, that he's said all, steadfast all year. Deshaun Watson just throws a different ball. He just, when he's out yeah. there throwing the ball, it comes out of his hand differently. It looks different. Everything is different. This guy is the guy. Yep. And so I trust him when he says that. And when he says that the organization may have to pivot and start drafting smarter players, right. it tells me that he's either making that assessment through what he's seeing with his eyes or what he's hearing with his right. ears in and around the facility. And I think that's why I was so curious to get Aditi's take on it and Mary Kay's take on it yep. because I, I just think Jimmy is usually, his wind vane is usually pointing in the way that it should. Aditi, the rest of the season, we are uh, obviously pretty sure that this is, we're just working towards next year, as you know, um, unless obviously like if Jacksonville ties with the Chargers and then if Turkey wins the World Cup, I think then the Browns might <laughs> might be able to keep going. But what I'm saying is it's over. Do you agree that we should be shutting down Miles Garrett for the rest of the year? Why why risk injury to him? What's Why would we be uh, risking anybody uh, right now who we are concerned about having for next year at full capacity? Well, I think that I don't know that Miles Garrett would agree to that. I don't think that he's willing to throw in the towel. Until I'm sure he's not. No, I know, but his comments after the game. Baker, opposite. but Baker wasn't willing to come out last or two years ago, and that or right, last he's year willing to come out the last game of the year when everybody sure. else played. Yeah, well, but I, is, you know, you know I, I think that, that again, but I think that that's a completely different comparison. I think that you're setting a tone for the following year too. I think that the way that you end one year absolutely can bleed into how you start the next year. I mean, that story has been told repeatedly by multiple players on multiple teams that it had to do with what the finish was. It's how you feel about the whole offseason as you go into the offseason. It's about the buy-in as you go into that. And then let's not forget, I mean, you still have people paying for tickets. You know, they want to come and see the team. They want to see your superstar. They want to see the guy that you broke the bank for. And there are a few of those guys that the Browns have broken the bank for. I just, I think until Miles is unable to go or somebody medically says that Miles is doing more damage to himself by playing than by not playing. Right. I mean, the last time I talked to him, Miles didn't even say that surgery was 100% definite. You Mm -hmm. know, that was sort of a wait and see. 
And I think that he has too much pride to give up on the season. And especially, I think, because it was an off-the-field injury, the shoulder, that probably compels him even more to keep pushing through. Does it change the play calling, though, for Stefanski? Do you not leave him out there for those final plays in the fourth quarter that you might have otherwise? I mean, maybe I think that that's valid, but I don't think that they're even engaging in that because they're hoping that they're playing with leads or they're hoping that they're winning or they're in a position to secure a win. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't write everything off. Look, the, the Browns are at home. This is Deshaun Watson's first game in Cleveland this weekend. And who are the Ravens starting? A guy that was throwing the ball so badly in pregame against the Pittsburgh Steelers that they had the long snapper throwing passes? Yeah. I mean, is that who's going to play quarterback? Is it their third-string quarterback? Or is Tyler Huntley going to be okay? Do we really even know just yet? And then you've got the Saints coming in. It's not like the Saints have been setting anybody on fire. And every but time you time, think, okay, well, that was just a bad week playing. for the Dolphins. They're going to right the ship. Then look at what happens to them against the Chargers. I mean, the, again, the Browns, no one is running away with anything yeah. right now. The Browns, we know the Browns are not going to the playoffs, but they're not mathematically eliminated. So you're never going to shut down before you're mathematically eliminated. All their games right. left are winnable. All their games left are losable. They're all kind of middle-of-the-road teams or worse that they're playing. They could go 4-0. They could go 0-4. Who the hell knows? Last thing, Aditi, before we go. I am finally going to be right. Well, finally, I was wrong last year, but the Steelers are finishing under five. One more loss. One yeah. more loss, and they finish under 500. It is going to happen. Are you excited? Will you have a? Will you are celebrate you with me? I'm having a party. I mean, I'm excited to not have to hear about it anymore because, quite frankly, I personally think it's the most needless stat ever. I've already said this. You know, there was way too much talent on this team to have three playoff wins in 12 years. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, like, being relevant at the end of the season, okay, that's nice for five years or six years or seven years. But when it's been 12 years and you have nothing to show for it, yeah. I mean, look, when I first got to this town, Mike Tomlin said that yeah. this was a team that was hunting Lombardi trophies, that nothing mattered more than that. We, th- that's the lecture that he gave Antonio Brown years ago when Antonio Brown had every single record and looked like he was on a on pace to have, which he did have, a six-year run better than any other receiver in the history of the game. Mike Tomlin said to him, none of that matters. Touchdowns, catches, yards, you should be in this game for one reason and one reason alone, and that is to win a Lombardi trophy. Okay, well, the Steelers haven't even sniffed that. So I'm a little bit tired of hearing that Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. How many playoff wins has he had? You know, like, I I think that that's the way that you should be looking at it. For the past decade, they've they've been the Andy Dalton Bengals. But because they're the Steelers, nobody will say it. Uh, That's what they are. Well, you know, and it's interesting. A local radio host made that point that other than Marvin Lewis, who could have a playoff record like Mike Tomlin has had over the last 12 years and nobody even raises an eyebrow. Have the Pittsburgh fans turned on Tomlin? Like, is this the vibe, total vibe? It seems that way. I mean, that's been a thing for like a decade. There are people that love him and get so angry if you ever question him, and there are people that just want to run him out of town. That's great. I'm glad we're not the only divided fan base. This is not a black or white. I do believe that Mike Tomlin is a tremendous coach. I also believe that he needs better assistance, that he doesn't – he has some great assistants. Terrell Austin is a great assistant. Brian Flores is a great assistant. Mike Sullivan is a great assistant. But he also – I mean, again, it's insane to me that Mike Tomlin has no coaching tree that he never gets these young assistants that are these great creative minds that go on to ascend. Do you know that only one coach that has ever worked for Mike Tomlin, 
later went on to become a head coach. Yeah, that's the that's, guy he fired, Bruce yeah, Arians. You're exactly right. Literally. That's a huge knock, especially a guy you know, who comes so like, from Tony Dungy's tree. There is a middle ground there. I don't think that Mike. I do think that Mike Tomlin is the right man for the job, but I do think that ownership needs to talk to Mike Tomlin about certain things that need to change or get better or be reevaluated. Don't and do I think it. That, I don't think they should talk to him at all. <laughs> because he's hiring crappy well, assistants. I, mean, I think it's all part of growth. And anyway, all right, guys. Adidi, thanks. Thank you I, I hope you. With me. Thank you for the Christmas advice. Bull, call Matt later for me. I will. Okay? Adidi, I hope your house you gets in order soon. I know that that's yeah. that's hectic. You're a very patient soul. Never. Thank you. Thank you. My new scenario is now week 18. Brown Steelers with the chance for Tomlin. The Steelers? And they're both 8-8. Eight eight. Who both are the eight Steelers eight. playing the rest of the year? Well, they Let's play the Browns see. in the last game of the season. Yeah, so it's possible that they could both oh, yeah. come into the game 8-8. Eight and, eight. and that puts Bull in a so real pickle. So it's the 500 Bull. That puts Bull in a real pickle. Why a pickle? It's too I'm bad we can't bet on that Why game yet. Why would I be even a pickle? Because, well, no. If the Browns I'm rooting for win. the Browns to win the rest of their games. Sure. Right? Of course. Well, just, yeah, it's true. Actually, that's my pickle. Hey, we actually yeah. can bet on that game because it's in January. Is it in January? You want to bet on that game. Well, then. I said we go down to the Jack. I said we go to the Jack and play some a group bet. Yeah, yeah, we should. Why not? Sports betting is going live on January first. Download the Bet Jack Less app than a today. Month. It is. You'll be ready to go all in on the action. Bet Jack, Ohio Sportsbook. So Gamble responsibly. Yeah. You know how to, uh, you know betting works. Can I bet on that Pittsburgh and Browns game right now? Like. Elsewhere, yes. Uh, Elsewhere. Elsewhere, yes. No. Not legally in Ohio. No, not legally. Not in Ohio. Yeah. I'm saying, if but you went to Vegas, you could. I could yeah, bet on them. Even though, yeah, 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 okay, so I don't think they're taking futures at. No. Clay, no, no, no. They can't. But what I'm saying is I could do that in Vegas, and that last game is always such a mystery. Yeah, because, because you don't know who's going to start. Who's gonna start. Yeah. Somebody's, you know, so that that would always be like a really interesting game to try and bet on. Yeah, Real I would quick, tell you avoid games like that. Of course. <laughs> like Real quick before we go to Guardians here, this is Steelers' final four games. At the Panthers. Winnable. Who? Oh yeah, winnable, certainly. Yep. By the way, Panthers control their own destiny for the playoffs. Isn't that well, amazing? everybody in that division does because mm-hmm. it's so I don't think awful. Every, I don't think the Saints do. I think they do. No. I, I, I read they're, that every team in that oh, division is still alive. Then they so ho- that, then but they they're host, all dead still at the same time, you know? <laughs> You're right. Then they host the Raiders, which obviously winnable. Yeah. yeah. But also, the Steelers aren't sure. good enough that they couldn't lose to any team. No, like you said of the Browns. They're all winnable. Yeah. They're all losable. Yeah. Then they host... Then they're at the Ravens. Mm-hmm. You figure Lamar's back by then. You would think. Even if not. And then they host the Browns. So, so I mean, 500 is any, in play. They're not playing any great teams. 500's in play for us, too. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the Steelers are going to finish uh, 7 and 10. But that would give us something to play for if we were both 8 and 8 going into that. The battle for 3rd. The yeah. battle for 500 and, Bowl. Only and you the get a better schedule not. if you finish 4th, in theory. That's true. That's true. Yeah. All right, um, Guardians, the Guardians talk. Bulls start us off. Well, obviously today we had some breaking news right before the show that the Guardians have signed Mike Zanino. It, listen, the guy is a career 200 hitter. So is that his career average? Yes. So if you look at his batting average, it sucks. He's not any. He's really not any better than Austin Hedges. He's a rich man's when, Austin Hedges when it comes to batting average. But here's where there's a big difference. He is a significantly better power hitter. Right. If you look at their career. Um, on base plus slugging, right? Yeah. Austin Hedges is like wait, like he's like at 500, which is he's got one of the lowest bad. I've his, ever his seen. Last year, his OPS low. was the lowest in in like 25 years for a guy that had 300 or more at bats. Right. 25 years, the lowest. All right. Whereas Zanino's career on uh, OPS 
is right around 700, which is average. That's, just a little below You that. can work with that. Yeah. Now, and the reason it's that low is because he just doesn't get on base a lot. Right. So he's a guy who, like Hedges, there's going to be a lot of games where he goes 0 for 4 with 3Ks. However, he has significantly more power. Hedges never hit more than like 17, 18 home runs in a season. Whereas Zanino in three, in his last three full seasons, has hit at least 25 home runs. So He's also very good defensively. Now, last year was a disaster. He got off to a bad start, and then he got hurt at the end of April. Are we sure that he wasn't even hurt when he was playing? I don't know. In, Maybe in he April? was hurt. I'm not, I don't remember what his injury was. I don't either. Was, I don't remember what But he missed the was, whole rest of the season. Because he was awful last year but it's, before it, he left. It's a, it's a low-risk move because it's one year, six million. And it gives them a chance to see what they got in Bo Naylor. Yeah. So now, again, I wanted Sean Murphy... I would have loved Wilson Contreras, although we knew that wasn't realistic. If, if, if you would have, if, if they could have pulled off the Murphy trade, yeah. you can make an argument that the Guardians won the offseason. And I know that all the big, they didn't make a big free agent splash. But Bell and Murphy but are two very, When very you look good at moves. what their needs were, yeah. you, you can already make the argument that just, they always get more out of their dollar than every other team. They addressed their biggest need, I think. Yeah. And I think now they've addressed their second biggest need, not with the player that we were hoping for. No. But here's one thing I wanted to point out to you, and I want your thought on this. This is what scares me about these all-or-nothing guys. And Aaron Judge is an example of that. And I'm not saying Aaron Judge is... Uh, these well, Aaron guys, Judge hits for a good average. Though. No, he does. Aaron yeah. Judge, that's why I'm he not saying three, Aaron Judge three, is one of those guys. Yeah. But I remember in, in the summer of the home run when Bonds and Sosa were chasing... Maris's record. I think it's Sosa McGuire. Sosa so McGuire. Yeah. When they were chasing uh, Maris. Yeah. And then later when Bonds was too. Right. I, I had a baseball scout tell me that the problem with these guys is they're all feasting on bad pitching. And he showed me the list of the guys that McGuire and Sosa had homered off of. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of them were guys that are fourth or fifth in the rotation. Well, those three were also feasting on testosterone. Which, they were. But and he, they were hitting everything. But yeah. like... It, and even with Judge, Aaron Judge, for the most part, last year, if you look at all the pitchers and you list all 62, he had some home runs. He had multiple home runs against certain pitchers. A lot of these pitchers are bottom feeders in their rotations right. or relief pitchers. Now, now, now yeah. let, me, let me finish. Right. What The fear in doing that and building a team on a, a big number of power hitters is that in the playoffs, what we've learned time and time and time and time and time and time again in the playoffs, pitching always wins, always Mm-hmm. Teams aren't blowing teams out in the playoffs. Playoff games typically are 4 3, 3-2, 2-1, 1-0. Look at the extra inning games this year that we had in playoff games where yeah. guys couldn't push a run across. Mm-hmm. I think it's about bullpens. It is about bullpens yeah. and more specialization. Yeah. But the, the point that this scout was making to me was the trouble in investing in guys like that that are just accumulating numbers in the regular season, they never see that kind of pitching in the postseason. And when you look at Aaron Judge in the postseason, right. yeah. where he's facing one and twos, yeah. almost exclusively, sometimes you point. can mix in a three, he, he's How, awful in well, the postseason. I, it's not – if you take out the Guardians, his numbers aren't bad in the postseason. They are bad. No, they are. Not if you take out the Guardians. As a body of work in the postseason, it doesn't match up to what he's done in the regular season. Uh, well, yeah. Some I mean, guys exceed what they do. First of all, he's still like got a lot of years left, so that could change. He does. I mean, who was it that was so bad in the playoffs? A-Rod was bad in the playoffs. Bonds was bad. Until, and, and, and then A-Rod until, had that yeah. one year where he just carried. And that happens. you know. Sure, it does. You you know as well as anybody. It's a small uh, sample I'm just size. bringing up like so – Judges so had some good series. The reason I bring all that up is here would be my fear on, on Zanino. Yeah. He's hitting a lot of home runs, and I'm sure he's hitting them off bad pitching. He probably Particularly is. because a guy, the, the guy that strikes out a ton scares me to death. 
because he's yeah. going up there. Do, he's, he's feast or famine. Right. He's either going to hit the ball out of the park or he's going to take take a seat. A guy like Zanino scares me because he can be productive in the regular season, but when he's seeing ones and twos in the playoffs, right. he's going to go yeah, 0 for 9 with eight strikeouts. Maybe so, but I don't think the Guardians are relying on Mike Zanino to carry them in the postseason. I, I, well, you know, no, listen, listen. I mean, you paid him one year, $6 million. Exactly, not, exactly. And, but and we that's saw why what you, Hedges did. We saw what Naylor did against lefties in the postseason. Right. Give me a guy yeah. that puts the ball in play. I, want I hear you, but they hitters. have a lineup of guys who put the ball well, in play. That, that brings up my question with Zanino. Yeah. Boy, you look at the guys they have now, adding him, where in yeah. the lineup do you think he fits best? Uh, near bottom. the bottom. Bottom. But here's the thing, Jay, too, is that, like, the Guardians have a bunch of guys who put the ball in play, yet they didn't hit the ball in the playoffs. They didn't well, hit. listen, historically, yeah. batting averages go down dramatically right. in the playoffs. They right. just do. You know? And so. even, even the Guardians who, you know, all season long, we kept saying, well, what they do translates to the play, to the playoffs, but we didn't see it. We talked about how they go from first to third. We talked about how they run. Right. I don't know that we stole a base. Well, because the they didn't get enough guys on we, base. I mean, think about it. A lot of the Indian Guardian success is getting guys on base, walks, singles. Right. Well, sure. those are also harder to get against. They're harder to get. Yeah. You so know. So you got to get to what you can do before you can do it. Sure. Where if, I, you're, I, if you're building your team on power, right. the chance is and always there. And the Guardians there. haven't done that. And no, they, they have and, not. And, and, and they cannot. I don't think anybody's excited about Mike Zanino. Like, right. that's not a – he's better than Austin Hedges, but not like – Sean Murphy is like miles ahead of Yeah, of, that would Austin have been Hedges. a major upgrade. That's a major upgrade because, yeah, I mean, the only things – you know, Zanino pl- it, it, you know, plays the field as well as Murphy does and has even more power than Murphy. But Murphy's an all-around hitter. He's like, mm-hmm. and he's young and improving. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's yeah. on the upswing. What's Where's the next Zanino? move that you want to see them make? I mean, I think, to me, it's still got to be another bet. I, I, I think there's two moves. I think they need a, a a guy who can mash lefties as a first baseman DH type of player. Right. Hopefully can be a good fielder because there Do you have anybody two- in mind there? I uh, you have to start. Looking I should. At- I should. I, I haven't really looked. At yeah. That look list. at what else splits. they need. The other thing I want them to do a is, is get a veteran starting no. pitcher right. for the middle. Of here's rotation. who we. Here's who Go we ahead. got. We got uh, just Justin Verlander. Here's he's who's signed. available. He's signed. Okay. Clayton yeah. Kershaw. He signed. Chris yeah. Bassett. This might be he's from signed. 1998. Yeah, none of these guys at the top are going to be. Okay. Available. So who's yeah. still available? So Carlos Carrasco is available via trade from the Mets. Corey Kluber's a You'd free have to agent trade right for him because didn't they pick up his option? You yeah. would, but it wouldn't cost you that much at this point. It wouldn't, you know. You, you like Kluber still? I mean, Kluber had a decent year for Tampa Bay. I, 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 you know, he knows it here. I wouldn't mind bringing Kluber back on a one-year contract. You know, my lasting image of Kluber was giving up that home run. I know. I know. But he, he, I know. They, they I know. asked too much of He's him. He's an innings eater. Yes. He's still effective. Without Kluber, the he, Guardians don't get out of the the Indians don't get out of the first round. He would scare me in the playoffs. Though. How about him but in the he middle? Great until that appears. How about him in the middle? I know, yeah, it's so everybody says that. I know, but that's and, that's but the but knock on look, him. But look at him, what he did that whole postseason until that game. He and was magnificent. And he's probably fine. He walked off emotionless, yeah, like, just like he does I, after he kills. I will tell you this. Perfectly. He was known as Kluber. I will tell you this. I, pit, I I was at game one and game four of the World Series in which Kluber pitched before pitching in game I seven. I was as well. And as a Cubs fan, personally, sitting there watching it, you I was scared. like, oh, my God, we got to yeah. face Kluber. We're never going to score against him. Yeah. And game seven, he was out of gas. I can't blame him for that. He had thrown no. an absurd amount of Gave innings. Gave up the leadoff home run and really. The Fowler, like, he never had it. it felt but like Miller it was, was out of gas then. You know, a lot of guys were out of gas. Both of those managers overused guys. As yeah. I think Frank Cohn and Joe Madden are two of the best managers I've ever seen. They and I thought the they both mistake. made terrible mistakes they both in that made series. The same mistake. They, he overused Miller and Kluber, 
and Madden way overused Chapman in that series. But you series. can understand the temptation but I understand to do why. it, Bull. Yeah. Yes, like, I know why they did it. Yeah. So who's your dream signing, Jay, and who do you think the it Guardians... It was Sean Murphy. Actually, well, how about now? With what's I don't, left? Yeah. Nothing? I don't know. Like, I need Bull, to look I need to corner. go look at... I, yeah. I need to see who, from a split standpoint, is, is hitting 350 against lefties. That's yeah. what we need. We need a guy who you can platoon at first base and DH. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my hope here is, I know that the Guardians are loaded in their, in their system. I, I'm encouraged that the Guardians think that Bo Naylor must be ready. Because if they didn't, I think they would have gone out and given up the package to get Murphy. Mm-hmm. The fact that they kept Naylor tells me that they must think that there's something there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't see him long enough last year. I thought he was a little impatient at the plate. I thought there were times he made good contact, but it wasn't a large enough sample size. My hope is he develops a little bit more as a catcher, and and they they already have that piece on the roster. And at this point, we kind of have to give the Guardians and their scouting the benefit of the doubt. I trust everything with, they do with everyone they brought up, who's turned out to be so good. Like you, we don't know if Baylor's gonna Naylor's gonna be good. I just combined Bo and Naylor yeah, Baylor. Baylor but yeah. yeah, but I'm with you. They have so I, many young guys. Like if if they thought that they have their guy in Naylor, like. I, I would have rather take it for Murphy, but I who am I to tell them? Yeah, you don't know how to evaluate. They Bo, obviously do. Bo Naylor hit 263 last year in the minors with 21 good home power. Run, with yeah, 21 good home power. runs, yeah. 68 RBIs. And I think they believe that he can be that same guy at the big league level at some point. I don't mm-hmm. think. He's and ready that may now. be why they didn't want to pay what they had to pay for Murphy. And you know what? They think he's going to be great. And to McNugget's point, they know him more. They, they you know, I don't see him nearly as enough. I, I read about him. I saw, I saw him in a limited role last year, but. Right. The fact that the Guardians didn't pull the trigger on Murphy tells me that they think they've got their guy in Bo Naylor. They've been very high on him. They called him up last year. Hell, he was on the playoff roster. Mm-hmm. But I, so I, I do think that in in the Guardians, I trust. You know, mm-hmm. if this were, if this were the Browns making this move, I'd be like, oh, I'm nervous Some, about something. But their, yeah. their track record is so good that I just have to sit back and say, I bet you Naylor really develops next year. Now remember, we had five or six guys that they called up from the minor leagues that were not expected to contribute to this 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 ball club and at did. all. And did. That ended up winning gold gloves, ended up hitting massive home runs in playoff games, yep. ended up being pivotal chips in yep. the Guardians' run last year. So yeah. I, are they going to do that again this year? Unlikely yeah. that there'll be that many. But I think they're going to bring some guys up yeah. that contribute once again. Yes. And I'm also expecting a little bit of a pullback. I don't think Gonzalez is going to be. Yeah, some of these guys are you scared gonna, of this? I'll tell you what. There so will be a step back for some. One, there one will. other pitcher I, I thought about uh, who has struggled with injuries, but on a short-term deal has number one starter upside that is still available. Syndergaard? Noah Syndergaard. Oh, wow. That's what I was thinking of, too. Yeah. Like, I've heard no buzz for him on the free agent market. What was his injury? Was it Tommy John? He's had no. He's had everything, hasn't he? He's Rotator? had a number had of a, injuries. He had a couple in New York that he went to L.A. this past yeah, year. Yeah, he didn't have and a great did, year did there nothing. either. No. But, yeah. like, the guy's still only 30. On a short-term deal, that guy could, could yeah. be. But Kluber pitched really well. I'd be happy with Kluber. One other thing I think I wonder if the Guardians are exploring. I know we think their outfield is set. But Brian Reynolds of the Pirates, who is a tremendous player, yeah. wants that, out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, that would – I just – Who could blame him? I don't I, – I think that the package they'd have to give up to get him – Yeah, but he's In an it. area where they're not weak. 
You know, like you want to you want to strengthen every position. If right. you can. We don't think they're weak, though. But I, yeah, but they're you know not. What? I mean, but look if at, you you had, got a Gold Glove center fielder, you got a Gold Glove left fielder, you got this up and coming rookie of the year caliber right fielder. Right. But I, I, I think you're set. I would be willing to trade Gonzalez in a deal as much wow. as I like him. I'd be willing to trade him in a deal. I wouldn't move him for. for anything. Bri- I think Brian Reynolds is a special player, and I, if you had an outfield of Quan. You know, or you trade other guys and you make Miles Stroy your fourth outfielder and put Brian Reynolds in Mike, center field. Mike, what, what ahead. would the average fan think if we traded Gonzalez at this point? I mean, they'd probably snap, but it, it also Brian could, Reynolds is an all-star. I know, I know he is, all-star. but we, we have we have heartstrings with this guy. Yeah, I know. I, right. mean, I don't think they would trade him. I'm just saying runs. I would. I, I don't think they sure. would trade him, but if I had to, I would. But I think the better plan is to trade guys who are not in the big leagues yet and make Miles Straw fourth outfielder. I know you're paying him a little more, but who cares? Just to put a bow in this Guardians talk, I think I'll ask what everybody's probably thinking. Who would win in a two-on-two, Top Gun style, brother-on-brother beach volleyball (laughs) game between Josh and Bo Naylor and Isaiah and Evan Mobley? Oh, you so the Mobleys, they got the height. Yeah, Definitely in, the Mobleys. Yeah. Volleyball game. They're yeah. just going to oh, stand yeah. at the What if the Nailers want it more though? The Nailers have yeah. heart, yeah, man. The Nailers, the Nailers, Nailers diving they will, They want it more. And I'll bet. You I thought you were going to throw the Lopez's in. in the Mobleys, I thought it was too. Yeah, I'm yeah. only doing Cleveland, Cleveland brothers. Yes. Cleveland brothers. Only Cleveland yeah. brothers. By the way, did you? Did anybody? Speaking of volleyball, real quick, did anybody see that video? Yes. I, that women's yes. volleyball where she dove, dove yeah, into the stands awesome. and came back and won the point. That, that was the most awesome. amazing thing I've seen. It's crazy. No, I didn't see it. It was crazy. It What's was, up, Anthony? He has uh, yeah, so on there Earl here went out into the YouTube chat, and whenever we ask the YouTube chat some questions, it comes to you by our friends at PCC Airfoils. I heard of them. Looking for a They're job with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio, and all locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva Ooh. are hiring for all positions starting at $18 an hour and up. Plus, get a full benefit package, paid time off, and signing bonuses. Apply online at precast.com careers to learn more. So our friend Tequila Mockingbird, we went out I and get we were it. like, hey, what do you guys want the Guardians to do? Yeah. YouTube chat, the legendaries. And we're like, hey. So Tequila Mockingbird, they haven't secured a catcher yet. They only secured a backup catcher, and they still think they need a starting number three They're pitcher. They're not getting another throw in shape. I, I think they think they're set at catcher yeah. between right. Naylor and Zanino, I think. Yeah, go ahead. I think they're coming. I also it's agree okay. with that. Tequila Mockingbird's M. entitled to his or her opinion. Yeah. That's, absolutely. Uh, yeah, they figure they're allowed to have their bad takes. Mm-hmm. Well, wait, Anthony, Tequila, what was the second part of that question? Wasn't it two parts? Uh, they still need a number three starting pitcher. Uh, agreed. Yeah, that's what we're talking about yeah. with Carrasco or Kluber, yeah, we'll, Syndergaard. We'll take care of it. Yeah, I don't think they need a number three. I think they need a number four. Quantrill's your three. Yeah. yeah. Well, those guys are all better than Quantrill. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Or, I mean, if, or, well, I mean, I guess Kluber and Carrasco are definitely better than Quantrill, I think. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't about know that. about that. Oh, I, well, I mean, it doesn't matter. Quantrill was very good last year. Yeah, but very good. 
I know, but and he's, he's young. And he doesn't have great stuff. I, I, I don't love his stuff. I, I don't hate his stuff. I, think I don't think he's going to. I'll defend Cal to the death. I got a personal. I know you will. Yeah. I don't like. I, I no get Cal nervous Contron about pitchers that don't Why do you have a personal thing with him? I went to college with his wife. Oh, I see. He's fine. Right. In the yeah, end, does it like matter that. who's the third or the fourth? You're a No, you're splitting. Yeah. They didn't really have point. a fourth starter to they use in the playoffs. They need a middle of the rotation They starter. need another guy they could start They need another pitcher. Game. We could agree yes. on that. Just and they could start Carrasco or Syndergaard or Kluber in a playoff game. They, uh, so, unlike Aaron Savali or Zach Plesak. Yes. Cal Quantrill's Those wife. Guys nice. Gone. Very good basketball player. Very nice. Nice. Very nice no, woman. But, no, but like, nice. You guys Nice. Nice. Great story of how they met. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cal's dad and her dad played uh, for the Dodgers, the Dodgers at the same together. time. Oh. Yeah. So they met in the Dodgers, like you know, family house. clubhouse oh, yeah, wow. right. when they were young and then years later reconnected wow. through social oh, media and now they're married. Uh, Andy Ashby. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, you mentioned that before. Yeah, gonna, we'll get well, on the show one day. Her, it's a great story. His dad what an entitled like romance. Paul Con- Quantra. Yeah. 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 yeah, we'll get him on the show. Easton, what's up? How you doing? What up, Cal? Oh, good. Okay, we got another one. Next uh, question. Anthony, was that it for the question? That was actually it for that, but we have yeah. to remind people that we are actually not doing overtime today like we normally do. Right. Good point. We have yes. a big meeting we have to attend to right after the show, so we apologize. Yes. There is no overtime. We'll be back to your regularly scheduled what overtime. What could possibly be so tomorrow. important? I'm just curious. Is there something? You're, is you're there a it. fire drill? You're, oh, you're, I am. You're there. Oh, you're great. To, thanks for yeah. checking We're your We're having email. a Zoom meeting with somebody that we need okay. to it, it is a very important meeting that we can't skip, so uh, we can't be late with that, so we're going to skip overtime today. But we do want to remind you guys that at any point we do do overtime. 99.9% of the time. Yes. Extra Unless content. Apparently we have, the governor's here or something. We, we got to talk tiers, to him. We have two tiers. $199 gets you the emojis. $499 gets you that overtime content. We love all our members. If you want members. the overtime content, you got to be in on the coaches tier. Let's get it going. Four ninety nine a month, so under sixty bucks a year, you get all the extra, right. all the extra takes, all the hot stuff. It's twenty four hours, by the way, which is twelve extra shows when you add it all together. You get twelve extra shows for less than sixty bucks. Well, that's a, that, well, that's a bargain. That's worth it. Are we going to do the top five, or are we going to blow through that? No, I think we're going to do final takes because we'll I know Mike has takes. a good final, final take. Today. All, right. all right, I'll start us off real quick. I was trying to mention this before, but I'll get to it now. So I've started watching this, <coughs> this show. It's called uh, Welcome to Chippendales. For those who don't know, Chippendales was the first ever male strip club. And you know, I'm thinking, well, why? I, I'm so uptight in my sexuality. I can't admit that I, I can't watch a show called Chippendales. I don't want to see male stripping. Well, okay, if you want to be uptight in your sexuality and, and miss a good show, then that's okay. It's, the show is really about how it started. The guy who, who started the business and the people he dealt with there in terms of the choreographer and just different people and this murder involved. And I don't know how... You know, if every detail of the show is true, I don't want to read about it until I finish watching the show. But it is excellent. I can't remember what the name of the actor who's playing the lead role. Do you know his name? Kumail. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kumail. I He's a really, he was in the superhero movie. He's, He's great. Really good. Yeah, great He's actor. He's been in a great million comedian. different things. Yeah. He's hilarious. He was in the big sick. He and his real life wife. Anyway, the show is really well done. Outstanding. So check it out. And don't be uptight. All right, there you go. Mike. Perfect. Um... Real quick, guys, I'm, uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm starting to get worried about deep fake technology. Uh-oh. It's the very lifelike uh, realizations, like graphic Steph realizations, point, uh, yes, uh, that make it look, make, that look like real people. Um, <coughs> I think we always knew we were going to get here. It's, so, it's been interesting to watch the progression. I remember watching on Atari the basketball players at one point just being like two little bricks 
and they would just run down and throw a little brick at another brick and stuff. And that was the beginning of our like graphic technology representing people. And then I watched it get better. Double dribble, obviously. Double dribble. And then NBA jams. <laughs> and then I watch now, if you watch, look at one of these video games, like I'll be sometimes at a bar and somebody might be playing a video game at a bar on the TV. And I think I'm watching like a basketball game and I'm just like, are the Knicks going to pull this out? And it's just two dudes just playing a PlayStation. In fairness, I probably had a couple at that point, but you, so, <laughs> but still, what I'm saying is, there's been great improvement, and it's getting scarier and scarier. And we all knew we'd get here. My only hope was that it would not happen before the boomer generation had blessedly passed, because they are not going to be able to handle this very well. This is the generation that fell for chain letters when somebody would send something in the mail and say, "You'll be cursed if you don't send a dollar to me." And that my, my mom is like, oh, no, a witch. And she'd put a dollar in the mail and send it away. They will click on any piece of spam. My, uh, the boomers will. My mom will. Anything that enters their box that says, like, you won something. I've, I've had to take so many viruses off of that poor dear woman's computer. I can only imagine her being that easily tricked just by those very simple things. I can only imagine if, if a real deep fake, a good-looking deep fake of, like, Robert Redford shows up on her computer and calls her by name and asks her for her social security number because he wants to take her on a date or something like that. She's going to give it to him. If a CGI graphic, very realistic looking version of Ronald Reagan appears before my father and says that he wants to come back and fix everything that's gone wrong ever since he left, my dad is going to give him his mother's maiden name and his the street that he grew up on and that guy will have my dad's bank account emptied within like 10 minutes if you are using deep if you're one of these sickies who's using this deep fake technology please show a little bit of mercy we know you can trick our parents it's not hard you know just show a little bit of mercy and just hold off just like 10 years 10 years or so and get them out of the, we'll get rid of this generation and then you can abuse us and the game is afoot. But just have, show some kindness in your heart, Dark Web, and help us out. Thank you. Jay, do you want to go? Because once I do mine, well done. it's going to get off. Yeah. We're, we're not going to get back. Were you, gonna gonna go say, were you, yeah, were you guys going to do the same thing? Yes. Oh, I don't okay. think so. Um, no, no. Uh, maybe, maybe, we, maybe we are. Mm -hmm. Are you ripping uh, Skip? No, no. I want to talk about my no. niche. So. That's, that would take more than uh, final take. Um, I, I just want to recognize that today the college football world I was going. lost. You, you hear this term all the time, one of a kind, one of a kind. Well, today the college football world and the sports world really did lose one of a kind. Mike Leach died at 61 years old. He had a heart attack um, and passed away today fairly unexpected. He had contracted pneumonia, I believe, or an upper respiratory late in the regular season um, while coaching at Mississippi State. And he had a heart attack and did not survive it. Died in the hospital this morning. And Mike has been controversial for a number of reasons. Um, he first burst onto the scene at Texas Tech. He goes way back. I'm pretty sure he coached he did. Uh, Tim Couch. He did. Okay, he was he an assistant under Hal Mummy at Kentucky, and he was just an offensive genius. And if you talk, if you liked his techniques or you didn't, if you talk to anybody that studies offense and the offensive machine in football, they will tell you that Mike Leach is probably the most innovative offensive mind 
of this generation. A lot of his concepts are used regularly today, not just in college football, but also in the NFL. He resurrected Texas Tech's <coughs> program and turned them into a winner. He went to Washington State and turned them into a winner. His last game, sadly, was his biggest upset during his time at Mississippi State. He beat his rival Ole Miss and finished his regular season at 8-4, and four, which is an improvement from the year before. He was on path to have Mississippi State as a true contender in the SEC. Not saying they would have beaten Alabama or Georgia, but his teams would have been in the mix for the years to come because he was it, the trajectory was that way. Odd guy, weird guy. His news conferences were by far the most entertaining news conferences mm-hmm. in the history of sports. If you don't believe me, YouTube them. He would he was known for in player meetings when talking about quarterbacks. He would go on two-hour diatribes about anything. He was wildly intelligent. He did not play college football. He was a lawyer. He was one of a kind, and the sports world and the college football world is going to miss him. That's exactly where I was going to go, too, so I'm glad you went there, and you hit on a lot of stuff, so I just want to tell you all two personal stories with uh, Coach Leach that I got to share. You worked around him. Around him enough, yeah, and at SEC Media Days, he was the one coach that everyone looked forward to speaking with because he would – you could ask him literally anything. We asked him one time to rank zombie movies, and he went on a five-minute answer about – he was awesome. But two He's stories. The anti-Belichick. Was that you that asked the question? Because that answer went viral. I didn't ask. I asked the A&M related question okay. about where Kyle Field. He hated Kyle Field. And he made right. fun Man, of the poor Who cadets. would win the mascot fight? That's a great question. Yes. That was out when he was at Washington. But yeah, two yeah. stories real quick. Mike Leach has no ties to A&M or College Station at all. He coached at Texas Tech, which is in Lumbic, which is six to seven hours away from A&M. I don't know how he got the number or how. I'm not going to say his name. He was the worst radio host in College Station. Show no one watched. Got his number, and every three weeks would have Mike Leach on for 20 minutes, and they would talk about nothing. Not football, just books, have fishing, him on as a cooking. Guest. Just have him on as a guest. I don't know how they came in touch. He would come on. I got to fill in as a co-host on that show one day, the day Mike Leach was supposed to call in. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to talk in football. He doesn't know who me and the guy I was hosting mm-hmm. with. We're like, he's not going to call in. We'll fill. Phone rings. It's Coach Leach. You ready? We're like, holy crap. Yeah. Talked to Coach Lee for 30 minutes. He went over the time. Yeah. Complete BS. Not a single football Ex- question. Topic examples. Uh, what to do in a bear attack. Okay. He answered that question. He talked about why he hates the Corps Cadets at A&M and how he thinks that he should open his own pirate school. If A&M could have a fake Army school, it's not fake, but in his mind it's fake, he wants to open the Mike Leach School of Pirates and everyone wear an eye patch and have a sword and a parrot on their That's shoulder. That's not the best take by him. <laughs> no, I remember just like, like random stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Secondary. He didn't really care about political correctness. No, he, he, no, yeah. he would. He, he, well, I don't know about that's politics, but. No, I, yeah. I know, but it's, it's yeah, you know, I get what you're he, saying. It's anti-pirate. So he just talked for us, a thir- did not have to whatsoever. He called in on his own time. Yeah. This yeah. random radio, and this is when he's in Washington State. This yeah. is, he's on West Coast time, for whatever he called in. He came to A&M. A&M beat them pretty good. Afterwards, when you talk to the coaches, Jay, you know, bowl of surgery, they don't want to talk to you guys. Like, they want to get in and out, especially right, on a road right, yeah. game. The bus yeah. is leaving. We're on deadline, and he just starts talking. And he starts 45 minutes later. Every writer in there can't leave their seats because it's the most entertaining press conference I've ever been a part of. It's true. Nothing about football once again. They just yeah. they lost 35-14. It wasn't even close. And he's talking about the ambiance of college football, the, everything that's amazing with mm-hmm. college football. And you said one of one. The dude was different. And there's so many cookie-cutter guys. Everyone wants to be the next Saban. Everyone wants to be the next Pete Carroll when he was at USC. Mike Leach went his own path. 
and we just need more individuality in sports in general. And for him well, to be able to succeed agree more. how I he mean, did, it's just a testament to how good, kooky, and everything he was. He and said stuff. He'll be. Uh, he said stuff. Mike Leach, man, rest in peace. I can't. And yeah, tell, I can't tell, tell your family you love it, it happened over like literally in three days. So tell your yeah. family, your friends, you love them, and uh, the college football will not be the same. Went to a college, went to a party Saturday night, yeah. and people knew he was sick. They were surprised yeah. that he showed up. Had the heart attack Sunday, and now he's gone. See you tomorrow. All right, we're done. Enjoy your uh, the rest of your hump day Wednesday. I'm giving this away on Twitter today. Yep. Look for look for Bull's Twitter account. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, like his Twitter handle is Petty Still the Bull. The so rare. Uh, and you could win that jersey. Collector's what item. What happened to the tag? Oh, there it is. See you tomorrow, everybody. No Bye, everybody. See you tomorrow. Enjoy. Okay. Well, uh, nice. Well, If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.